Pastor Derek House from Lighthouse Church is going to uh, speak for us today. Um, and then he goes back to his congregation after he's practiced on us. But he hasn't practiced on us. He probably gives his best version here. So anyway, uh, Derek's at Lighthouse Church. He's a good friend. And I'm just, uh, he's got a really good heart. And I love uh, his heart. I love, he'll often ask me when we get together, how's, he'll say, how's Pastor Matt doing? And then he'll say, how's Matt doing? So he loves kind of uh, challenging me in those ways too. So Derek, come on up. Thank you. Thanks, Matt. Good morning, everybody. I'm kind of still stuck on Brother Aaron saying, you are good. My mind is just there right now, so forgive me. Amen. But how many people know that the Lord is good? It's all right to say something. I said, how many people know the Lord is good? Amen. I'm used to people talking back to me, so talk back to me. <laughs> the Lord is good. He really is. And I thank him today for being so great. Thank God for Matt and Kathy. Let's clap and give God praise for them this morning. Thank you, Jesus. The Lord is good. He really is good. And, um, I could have sung that for about another 15 minutes. When I think about my life and I think about how good God has been to me and so many challenges. Anybody been ever faced with any challenges in your life? Let me see your hand real quick. Come on, some challenges. I mean, I'm not just talking about maybe your toe hurt, your finger hurts. I'm talking about you've had some major challenges in your life. Let me see your hand. Yeah. And we live to tell about it. Here we are today. And God is certainly worthy of praise. I had planned to preach something different. But I think I want to go to my original thought. Of which I have no notes. <laughs> That's okay. The Lord is good. The Lord is good. Amen. Amen. You are good. Good. I don't remember the rest of the words, but oh, you are good, good. Oh, come on, help me sing that for a minute. You are good, good. Oh, oh, you are good, good. Oh, a couple more times. You are Come on, lift your voice. Oh, you are good, good. Oh, you are good. Oh, you are good, good. Oh, how many people here believe in miracles? I wonder if there's anybody here. I'm talking about a miracle is something that man can't do. is impossible. Amen. Your back was up against the wall. Amen. There was no alternative. There was no way out. The doctors couldn't fix it. The nurse couldn't fix it. You couldn't fix it. Your money couldn't fix it. The government couldn't fix it. Amen. A miracle is something that only God can do. I wonder if there are any witnesses in here that you've actually have experienced a miracle before. I just want to see if there's any miracle people in here today. Let me see your hand. You've ever had a miracle performed in your life? 
Amen. Anybody? A miracle? No? Okay. All right. Amen. Amen. We do have one. I said there's at least one person in here that has experienced a miracle before. Amen. In the name of the Lord Jesus. This week, we've experienced about two or three miracles and healings uh, that took place. Um, and I'm only going to be about 20 minutes and because um, i got to run back to preach at Lighthouse. But uh, several miracles that took place a couple of weeks ago, I think it was March the 6th. And I'm just going to talk today. March the 6th, we went to Indianapolis. We have a friend, a pastor there who wanted me to come preach at his church Sunday afternoon. Brother Gabe, you were there, 3 o'clock on March the 6th. And he had been having some difficulties with his knees and his uh, hips. He needs to have a hip replacement in April. And he's a dear friend of mine. When we got there, I didn't realize how bad the situation was, but he was actually on a walker. <laughs> he was on a walker. Uh, he was on a walker. I was like, wow, this is serious. But as the service began to move and go forward, as the spirit of the Lord began to move uh, in the building and we began to praise God and begin to worship God, he began to praise God in the dance and begin to dance around and so on and so forth. In the middle of the service, he had no walker. He felt completely healed while the Spirit of the Lord was moving in the service. He called me a week later and told me that he was not even experiencing any pain after that service. God really moved in his life, and that's what I would call a miracle. Amen? This week, uh, we have a young lady who, uh, in our church, has had cancer for a number of years. And uh, she's been experiencing so much pain and so much uh, anguish with cancer. And um, this has been going on for a while. It's just, she has a young child. Her, her daughter's probably only about eight. And she has a young family. And um, she doesn't want to die. She wants to live. And um, I prayed for her. And uh, we've been praying for her. And uh, this week, she gave me a call and said that there are absolutely no tumors, that everything that was is no longer. That's a miracle. <laughs> I said, that's a miracle. Something supernaturally happens when we believe God. I want to read that book too, so save me a copy. Amen. Because faith, the Bible says, is a substance of things hoped for and evidence of things not seen. And I can go on and on and on of the miracles that I have seen performed over the years that supernatural healings and miracles. This is real. And every time I come to Exodus, you know, I have a soft spot in my heart for children. I love children. Children are so innocent and they're so vulnerable and they're so helpless. And I just love children. And I think about Knox every time and I, she's on my prayer list. I pray for her constantly and what she has been going through. You know, it's a miracle alone that she is even still here. Amen. That's a miracle. Amen. And so miracles do happen. Miracles are real. 
Amen. And not only were miracles for Bible times, it's for today. If we can learn to release our faith. Now, faith does not, faith is not intellectual. Okay. Faith is not intellectual. Faith is believing that God is able to do the impossible. And many of you, as we look over our lives, we can think it may be times. Is there anybody in here that you haven't always been a church person? Maybe you've, had, you've lived a life other than church. Let me see your hand real quick. You're not ashamed of it. One, two, three. Amen. There's some folks in here, witnesses. Amen. So some of us were not born in the, on the church pew. And some of the people in here, amen, have had some times in their life where they have done things other than serve God. And you think about, you know, you can get drunk, you can get high. You know, I know people who have overdosed on drugs and alcohol and promiscuous and live all types of riotous lifestyles. And other people have died from the very same thing that you experienced, but you're still here. You're still here because God is not finished with you yet. So, do miracles still take place? Absolutely. Positively. And I think oftentimes when we look at the Bible, we look at the Bible as being something that was for Paul and those guys. And we say we believe the Bible and we come to church because we believe that the Bible is true. But a lot of times we don't think that it's true for our lives. Amen? Sometimes we don't know how to take that word and apply it. Because let's just face it, when we're in a situation, amen, where our back is against the wall and we're in desperation, amen, a lot of times it's a little bit harder, amen, to trust God when it comes to our households. Amen. But God wants us to get to a place where we trust him for all things. He wants us to love him. He wants us to trust him. Amen. He wants us to have faith in him. He wants us to believe him. He wants us to lean on him. He wants us to depend on him. And he wants us to trust in him. Amen. Not for some things, but for all things. We're going to look at a text just for a few moments today. Very familiar passage of scripture. Amen. But it deals with a dead situation. All right. Now, when we look at the word death and we look at dead situations, we can not only, you know, liken that to when a person dies, we go to the funeral and we put them in the ground or we cremate them and so on and so forth. Because a lot of us, before we were in Christ, we were dead people walking. Because if you're not in Christ, you don't have life. Because Jesus is the light of the world and in him is life. And not only is in him is life, but in him, in him is life eternal. There is something that is far greater, that is far better. Amen. If, if this, if we have hope 
in this life only, going to work every day, uh, taking care of our children, amen, uh, cutting our grass, amen. If we only have life in this, you know, we work till we're 80 years old and then we retire and so on and so forth, and blah, 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 blah. And that, if, 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 if this is all that there is, that would be pretty disappointing. If we come to church every Sunday, and come and feel good. But then, this is all there is. St. John, the 11th chapter. This may be kind of a little weighty today, but I, I just feel like this is the direction the Lord has taken me. Amen? We can't just, uh, let's, let's look at this. Uh, St. John, the 11th chapter. I'm going to read from the King James Version, St. John, the 11th chapter. If you have a phone with a Bible app on it or something, uh, let me see. St. John, the 11th chapter, the first verse says, Now a certain man was sick. Amen. This particular sickness, his name is Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. It was that Mary which anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair whose brother Lazarus was sick and Lazarus doesn't have a cold Lazarus's sickness was something that was critical and he was going to die from it if the Lord didn't heal him Verse 3 says, therefore his sister sent at him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom thou lovest is sick. Verse number 4 says, when Jesus heard that, he said, this sickness is not unto death. This sickness is not unto death, Jesus talking, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. Verse 5 says, now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus, Jesus had a relationship with Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. So not only is this as a casual person, amen, that Jesus was just hanging out one day and he just met along the road. These were people that Jesus had a relationship with. He knew them, check this out, and they knew him. It was mutual, Okay? And the, our relationship with the Lord should be a mutual relationship. Amen. We should know God. How do we get to know God? We know him because we serve him. We live for him. And that's what happened when we get baptized and we gave our life to the Lord. We're saying, Lord, you know what? I'm surrendering all to you. Amen. My life belongs to you. Do what you want me to do. Use me how you want me to use me. Amen. I'm yours. Do whatever you want. You know when you got really in love with your husband or wife at the very beginning? Oh, baby, I'm yours. I'll go where you want me to go. I'll do what you want me to do. Oh, baby, I just want to please you because I love you. Y'all remember those days when you were young? 
And you just, oh my God, you thought he walked on water and you thought she walked on water and she was the best thing that ever happened to you and he was the best thing. That, oh, boy, a love relationship was a thing we got going on. Remember that? Yeah, I like y'all don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> we have all been there. And then when you begin to grow, your relationship begins to grow, and your marriage gets better. You have about three or four kids, and you start settling in, and, and so on and so forth. You know, you gain 10 pounds. You know, she stays the same size, and you know, come on. And then that relationship becomes seasoned. What the relationship is based on when you're 10 years into the marriage is not the same thing that it was based on when you first met. Because that relationship has been cultivated, it's matured, it, amen, it, it, it's, uh, it has a lot more seasoning, amen, this is because we're older now, we've grown, we evolved, and now that we've known each other in a different way, amen, in Jesus' name, we have, amen, matured and so on and so forth, there's a lot more trust there, there's a lot more love there, but the love, amen, has gone from being something a lot of times just physical into something that is long-lasting. It is more than just a physical relationship now, it's more intimate, it's more emotional. I said I was going to sit. <laughs> So Jesus has a relationship with Lazarus, Mary, and Martha. And so not only, like I said earlier, is this somebody, amen, who he just fought, because Jesus, is when he's on his earthly ministry, he's always traveling places and healing sick people and blind people are being healed and people are being raised from, all these wonderful things are happening, you know, jump in the pool, amen, while the moving of the water is taking place and thou shalt be healed. And he's always meeting people in his journey, but this is a personal relationship. And so now not only is this affecting him, amen, in Jesus' name, because he's God manifest in the flesh, but it's also affecting him emotionally because he has relationship. Lazarus is sick. Verse number four says, when Jesus heard that, he said, the sickness is not unto death. Jesus pronounces and says, I know he's sick. I know he's terminal. I know he's in ICU. I know he's on life support. I know his chronic condition. I know she's going through this. I know he's going through that. He said, it's not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. This is an opportunity. Because what happens is your situation or whatever is going on in your life that is difficult, amen, a lot of times we fold to it and we fall to it and we get so wrapped up in our emotions and because we're human and we experience, we're upset about it, amen, but the Lord wants us to understand and realize that this is an opportunity, amen, for you to see God move in a way that you've never seen him move before. So if we change our thinking, because we being human, amen, fear is the first emotion that we experience when things go awry, amen? Or is that just me? 
But then sometimes I have to get my head together and I have to say, Derek, amen, you've been serving God. You were born in the church. Amen. You've always been in the church. Amen. So on and so forth. And so there needs to be, amen, a moment where you're going to have to take a step back. And you said this situation, amen, is difficult for me because I'm operating in my human form. Amen. But I need to understand. I need to understand the things that be of God and the things that be of God are spiritual things. And when I look at it from my spiritual mind instead of my fleshly mind, then all of a sudden things look a lot better. Jesus says that Lazarus is sick, but this ain't. What do you mean this is not unto death, Jesus? The man is dying. His pulse is delayed. And you're talking about it's not unto death? He's 15 minutes away from it. (laughs) But he says, just listen to me. I'm telling you that it's not unto death, but this sickness, this pain, this circumstance, this divorce, your kids on drugs, amen, everything that's going bad in your life. He said, this is an opportunity. Because if you're never sick and you prayed for healing, you would never know Jesus as a healer. You got to realize and understand in order to have death, you got to go through some things. Your marriage, in order for it to be strong, it's going to have to have some challenges and some problems and some disagreements. Anybody can love you when things are going well, that's easy. But when the rubber meets the road, where do you stand? I don't want friends, amen, who are just with me when I got a lot of money in my pocket. I'm going to need you when I'm broke. Let's see what happens here. Verse number five says, now Jesus did what? She loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. When he had heard, therefore, that he was sick, he abode two days still in the same place where he was. Man, Jesus, this is urgent. And you playing around two more days somewhere else? Jesus didn't pack his suitcase to get the next flight out. He didn't get the red eye. (laughs) What in the world is going on? Don't you understand, Lord, that I have a situation? And you going to stay two days? My God, today. You really don't see too concerned, but you do got to realize, understand, amen, in, in, in the fourth verse, Jesus has already spoken, it's not unto death. And when Jesus speaks a word, it is so. When we say amen, A-M-E-N, that means it is so. 
That means whatever I am praying prior to that amen, because when we pray, you know, Lord, uh, uh, heal our bodies, uh, save our souls, and bless this church, and Lord God, we need your help, and save our children. And when we're praying, and then we say, in Jesus' name, and then after Jesus' name, we say what? That means everything that I said prior to the amen, that means I am in agreement at the end of that prayer saying that everything that I pray, it is so. I believe it. I trust God that everything I have prayed, I sealed it with the amen to say, hey, this is it. I'm putting it in your hands, Lord, and you do what you want to do with it because I trust you. Amen. I serve you and I love you. And because I love you, we have this relationship and I respect you and I respect your decisions and I respect what you say. Uh, am I challenging us this morning? Good. Verse 7 says, Then after that, saith he to his disciples, let us go into Judea. After kicking it around for two more days where he was, I'm sure he was probably healing somebody else or doing something else important. But he doesn't seem to be bothered. Verse number 8 says, His disciples say unto him, Master, the Jews of the late sought to stone thee, and goest thou thither again? He says, you know what? Jesus puts himself in harm's way in order to go help his friends. Verse number 9 says, and I don't have a lot of time to expound on this, but Jesus, in verse number 9 says, Jesus answered, Are there not twelve hours in a day? If any man walk in the day, he stumbleth not, because he seeth the light of this world. But if a man walk in the night, he stumbleth because there is no light in him. Jesus being light. No light in him. Because when there is light in me, there is light that, uh, that exudes out of me. Verse 11, let me come to a quick close. Verse 11 says, these things said he, and after that he saith unto them, O friend, Lazarus sleepeth. Have you noticed how he's just being so casual about this whole drama? And us, our anxiety is off the charts. We got to go pop a couple of pills. Our blood pressure is stroke level. Come on. We get in a corner. We don't want to be bothering anybody. We're depressed. We let it settle in. Amen. As if the Lord is not in charge. I'm going to try to behave. <laughs> Telling me I got to wind it up here. Let's go. Lazarus sleepeth, but I go that I may awake him out of the sleep. Death seemed so final because this was Mary and Martha's brother. And the question was asked, well, we know we're going to see him again because he served you, Jesus. And we know that in the resurrection, when the dead in Christ are going to rise first and those that are alive remain are going to be caught up to meet with the Lord. So shall we ever be with the Lord, ever be with them? We know we're going to see him again then. 
But Jesus says, no. I'm not going to even be able to finish this. Jesus said, no. Not only are you going to see him then, you're going to see him now. Jesus simply goes in and says, Lazarus, Lazarus, come forth. Jesus simply, check this out. Jesus simply speaks a word, sis, to their situation. Jesus speaks a word to their point of need. Their need at that particular moment is that they desire for their brother to live and not die. And that's what Jesus does. Jesus meets each one of us at our point of need. And each one of us in here have a different need in our life. Some of us need healing, amen, not only healing physically, but we need healing emotionally. This pandemic has messed with our psyche. And we can't, people can't decide what we, I mean, it has affected all of us. Am I right about it? It has affected my psyche in a sense where I have gained weight. So it has affected us all. And sometimes the weight can be a result of something else that is going on emotionally. Come on here. Am I talking to real people? <laughs> he meets us. Jesus meets us at our point of need. I could teach this for another two hours and be just fine. <laughs> But David, I will spare you. <laughs> I have to joke with him every time I come. What do you need from the Lord? What, now listen, what in your life is dead? Huh? Because we can be walking and be dead men walking. Y'all ever seen that Green Mile movie? Dead man walking, dead man walking. Well, he's living, he's breathing, he's moving, but he's got some situations in his or her life that, where we need to trust God. Amen. Can I hear you say amen? So as I leave here today, I want you to do some self-examination this week. Let me give you some homework that bad word, homework. And I want you to trust the Lord with all of your dead situations. I believe the Lord can raise your marriage. I believe the Lord can save your children. I believe the Lord can give you your energy back. I believe he can give you your determination back. I can believe he can give you your strength back. I believe he can do, he can do exceeding abundantly above all we're able to ask or think. He's a miracle working God. So I don't want you to lose hope just because Lazarus has died. Somebody said, surely, thank you, Lazarus is probably stinking by now. And some of us got some stinky situations. 
But Jesus steps in and says, rise. In other words, live. I preached a message a couple of weeks ago when I was in Indianapolis, and the title was Live. Let's get rid of these dead situations so we can live. Let's get rid of this dead weight so we can live. Get rid of the grave clothes so that we can live. Amen. Come on, brother Matt. Amen. In Jesus' name. Let's clap our hands and give God praise. Come on, let's clap our hands and give God praise. Come on, let's clap our hands and give God praise. Hallelujah. Thank you. God bless you, Exodus Church of Bloomington. Thank you. Thanks, Derek. Hey, I want to I highlight on a phrase. Aaron, come on up, and we're going to sing in a second. But one of the things he said early in the sermon, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lock on. He said, uh, sometimes we need to see God move in a way we haven't seen him move before. And um, that's how, how I want to pray for us today. Because none of us want to be... Mary and Martha before the miracle because that's too desperate. We don't like that. We would love to have the faith they had afterwards. And even when I was talking about this Hudson Taylor book, none of us want to have the situations he faced where it was like hopeless situations. He was into China, but then after God moved in a way he, that he had never seen him move before, then he has this incredible faith. So... Um, I'm 60 years old, and I often think to myself, I want to see God move in ways I've never seen him move before. I, I don't want to be retired in my spiritual life. And I think the same thing for all of you. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray that all of us will, like, will see God move in ways that we've never seen him move before, which might mean we have to see some desperation in our lives that we really don't want to. We don't want, we don't want to acknowledge, we don't want to have. But... Um, the, the Bible's filled with stories of people who saw God move in ways they never saw him move before. Um, that's kind of how we grow in our faith and our trust. So why don't you close your eyes. Aaron, come on up, and I'm going to pray. God, I, uh, there's all kinds of situations represented in, among this uh, flock today. There's situations with health. There's situations with children's health. There's situations with future hopes and dreams. Uh, maybe children were concerned about family members who are concerned about careers, futures, whatever. And there's all kinds of situations where we touch the place called desperation. Um, and you know those situations in all of our lives. So God, instead of our normal tendency, which is we're going to try to fix it ourselves, we're going to try to endure it ourselves, I'm going to pray that each one of us would see you move in a way we've never seen you move before. We want to see you move in a way we've never seen you move before because we want to trust you more. Um, we don't want to manage our lives. We don't want to try to navigate alone. But whether the situation we're facing is fear or financial or family-related or whatever else, I just, I'm going to pray that each one of us would experience, experience you moving in a powerful way that we've never seen you move before. Which means, like Pastor Derek said at the beginning of his sermon, 
there's, that means you, you supernaturally intervene in a way that we know it's you. Physical healings, uh, in this case, like Derek talked about with Lazarus being raised from the dead, but dead things, things that we have written off or just no longer hope for, but we want you to uh, move in a way that we've never seen you move before, and we want to trust you. So I pray for that for each one of us, um, not just this week, but on and on, that you would move in ways that we've never seen you move before. And would you even help us to expect that and not just resign ourselves to the fact that you might do things occasionally and you hope that we're good people and that kind of stuff, and that's the extent of our Christian lives. God, we want to see you move in a way that we've never seen you move before. Bring healing, uh, bring hope. And our lives, our kids' lives, our families' lives, our friends' lives. Um, so would you, would you do what you do and move in supernatural ways? Let me ask this all in Christ's name. Amen.